The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two Footed Podcast. Today is Tuesday, the 31st of August, or as we call it, Deadline Day. We're brought to you by epilindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider that's a virtual privacy network which allows you to go online, change your location, access things like American Netflix or anything else that you're geo blocked from while also keeping your data safe. Check out libertyshield.com. And use that code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Let's check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And remember, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops over on Etsy. Right, folks, given that it is deadline day, and given that there's lots of excitement for clubs that aren't Liverpool or Newcastle, I thought what we'd do is we just quickly go through the business done by all 20 clubs and maybe what they could still do today or what they might want to do today. So let's start with Arsenal. Um, unfortunately, we can't really include sacking your manager, sacking your director of football and maybe trying to undo the deals that you've done. But so far, they've brought in Nuno Tavares, Albert Laconga, Ben White, Martin Odegaard and Aaron Ramsdale. Going into today, you would have said a right-back. Now, it looks like Tamiyasu, the Japanese right-back from Bologna, who can also play centre-back, could be ideal on the right-hand side of a three. It looks like that deal is done. He'd been heavily linked with Spurs through the summer. Spurs decided to go in a different direction. Tamiyasu to Arsenal. I like the signing. I think this is a really clever signing. Him at right-back, White, Gabriel and Tierney. It has potential. Now, White's not good in the air. He's not a particularly good defender. But Tamiyasu's an excellent defender, as is Gabriel. If you can protect Ben White a little bit and allow him to focus on what he is really good at, which is playing the ball out from the back, this could be something that works for Arsenal. It's also a potential back three. Now, I would have said Tierney as a right wing back, Maitland, sorry, Tierney as a left wing back, Maitland-Niles is a right wing back, but Ainsley-Maitland-Niles, that situation now looks toxic at Arsenal. They've turned down Everton's loan offer. He's taken to Instagram and said all he wants to do is go where he's wanted and where he can play. Arsenal have now told him you're no longer welcome to train with the first team squad. That might get rectified. But in a back three, he is the ideal wing back for Arsenal. 
without having to spend any more money. You just plug him in and he will absolutely do a good job for you in that position. That could solve some of the midfield issues where they've only really got Thomas Partey as one that you'd say is ready to start. Lekonga is more of a project. Jacques is clearly not good enough. And for whatever reason, Arteta didn't like Guendouzi or Torreira. But maybe 3-4-3 is the best way for Arsenal to go. Tamiyasu, White, Gabriel. It'll have to be Cedric until the Maitland-Niles thing gets sorted. Not ideal. Tierney on this side and then figure out what you're doing going forward. Overall, Arsenal's window's a bit of a mess. There's some good signings like Tamiyasu, like Odegaard, like Lekonga, like Tavares, who was needed as a backup left-back. But massive overpay for Ramsdale who's not a very good goalkeeper, massive overpay for Ben White. It it could come back to haunt them that they didn't spend that money a little bit better. Moving on to Aston Villa, Emi Buendia in the door, Ashley Young in on a free transfer from Inter Milan, Ajani Burchill in from, um, from Bournemouth, good young winger, Leon Bailey from Leverkusen, Danny Ings from Southampton, and Caleb Chukwamaka, who is the brother of Kearney, uh, a striker brought in from Northampton Town, probably for the under-23 squad, but in he comes anyway. Obviously, Jack Grealish, the big outgoing there. Looking at the situation, you would have liked one more in midfield for a bit of depth behind Douglas Louise and John McGinn. Ideally, you would have wanted an upgrade at the left-side centre-back role on Tyron Mings, who's just not up to the task. But all things considered, I do like what Villa have done. Now, personally, I would have gone for Tammy Abraham rather than Danny Ings. I think he would have been a better fit and more of a long-term piece in what is largely a young team. But Ings is the one they went for. Ings is the one they got, and he will get them goals. They just have to hope he stays fit. They seem fairly quiet today. Nothing really going around about them. I'd like to see them add one more in midfield. I don't think they'll go and replace Mings this window, which is a shame. I think they're too loyal to him. But one more in midfield would be would be clever before the day is out. Brentford have brought in Frank Onyeka, Christopher Ayer, Jon Wissa and Nico Jones. No major outgoings that will cause any concern. They did also bring in Alvaro Fernandez, the backup goalkeeper, on loan. A right wing back is definitely a position of need. Maybe someone, someone else in midfield. You'd like one at the at centre back as well, just for a bit more depth, another option. But they did spend big money on Ayer, and they probably don't want to spend much more there. Pinnock is very good. Pontus Janssen's still there. So for their back three, that's probably the starting three. Oh. Maybe one as depth, maybe another one in midfield to give them another option. But they do have some good midfield players. Once the Silva gets back, he'll be an important piece for them, I think. Right wing back is probably the big need for them to sort out today if they can. Sergi Canos is a good player, but he's not a wing back. Doesn't have the defensive instincts that you'd want. And that's something they should look at improving on before the window closes. Brighton and Hove Albion. Mwepa brought in from Mwepu, I should say, brought in from Red Bull Salzburg. Kiel Sherpen brought in from Ajax, young goalkeeper, giant of a human being. Mark Cucurella confirmed today signing from Hatafe, really good signing. 
Now, they definitely need one up front. And I think they need a centre-back because obviously they sold Ben White. Maybe, maybe they're going to play Duffy, but he was deemed not good enough last year. So I don't know how that would change in 12 months. Cucurella is a really good signing. Mwepu will be a really good signing. It looks like they're keeping Basuma, which is huge for them. They're going to be really energetic and really powerful in midfield when you factor in Motor and Casado as well. Graham Potter just needs to get over this bizarre Adam Lalana fetish that he has. Playing with 10 men is not the way forward, Graham. Go and find yourself that striker today. Eddie Nketiah is available from Arsenal. On the final day, he's at a contract next summer. You will get a good price on him if you push them. Without that, I don't think Brighton are going to have the success they look for. Now, they are been linked with Abdullah Sima from Slavia Prague, but reports are if they buy him, they will loan him out. Doesn't really seem like the smartest thing to do then. He's a very talented player, and he is going to be very, very good, but just doesn't seem like the best use of your resources if you're only got if you've only got money for one player, go and buy a starting goal scorer. Like I say, Eddie Nketiah is available. Make that make that move. Even if you can get him on loan, Arsenal can maybe tack a year on to his contract. Get him in on loan. He will get you goals. He's got great movement, good instincts in the box. Burnley, Nathan Collins in, Jacob Badeau in, Wayne Hennessy in, brought back Aaron Lennon, Maxwell Cornett, club record fee, really good signing, and Connor Roberts arrived today, right back from Swansea. That was definitely a position of need. Both right backs, Loughton and Bardsley, well into the 30s. This is a young right back in his prime, 26 years of age, starting right back for the Welsh national team. I think this is a very good, clever signing for them, and they've gotten them at a good price as well. Still a couple of things they could do with. You'd like one more in midfield. They've only really got the three of Wood, Cork and Brownhill. Dale Stevens is, is too injury prone to be relied on. I think they could do it one more up front. A different type of striker. Again, more of a poacher. They had been linked with Adam Ola Luckman. Looks like that deal has fallen aside. He looks like he's off somewhere else. But I, I think for them, if they're going to do something else today, one more in midfield would be really beneficial. Doesn't have to be a world beater. They never are in the Burnley midfield. Just someone who's neat and tidy on the ball, hardworking, clever defensively, and they'll be fine. Chelsea brought in Marcus Bettinelli from Fulham to be a quota goalkeeper and Romelu Lukaku for $97.5 million. Lots of sales. Um, lots of players gone. Marco Van Ginkel gone. Willie Caballero gone. Tamore sold. Izzy Brown gone. Victor Moses finally sold. Luke McCormick sold. Ollie Giroud sold. Mark Guehi. Lewis Bates. Miles Pearl Harris. Miles Perth Harris. He's gone on to Brentford. He's going to be a very good player in a couple of years. Keep an eye on him. Danel Samu gone to Southampton. Tino Livermento also gone to Southampton. Tammy Abraham out. Davide Zabacosta out. Ike Ukbo out. And Kurt Zuma out to West Ham. Looking at the squad, they could do with a centre-back, a top-class centre-back. Their system is the star defensively. 
but you'd really like to see them put one top-class defender into that system. They have strongly been linked with Jules Kunde. It looks like that deal is going to fall apart on them because Sevilla are demanding the full buyout clause, which said they would from the start. Um, and that doesn't look like Chelsea are going to be willing to pay that money. They could do with a defensive midfielder as well. Now, they've been linked with Chumeni, and they've been linked with Saul, and I think the Saul move was made up by Fabrizio Romano. But Chumeni would have been ideal. Bring him in, him and Kante, him and Jorginho, him and Kovacic. He could play with them all. He could play with Mount in, in the long term as the two. I think they've left themselves a little bit short, but it's still a very strong squad. The only issue in it is maybe a lack of depth in central midfield. But I do think they'll get away with using Mason Mount there. They're keeping Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And it wouldn't surprise me if Ethan Ampadu played some games in midfield for them this season as well. Lukaku's a great signing. He will get a ton of goals this season. I I really like it. I really like the Lukaku addition. Uh, Crystal Palace, I think, have had one of the best transfer windows of any club in the Premier League. Michael Elise for $8 Tremendous buy. Adler Nascimento from Peterborough. Super, super talented young Portuguese player. 16, 17 years of age. Peterborough devastated to lose him. It's going to the tribunal. I know Peterborough are asking for a good sum of money for him, and rightly so. Whether they get it or not, we'll wait and see. But he's a great signing for Palace for the long term. Won't feature this year, you don't think, but long term he'll be really good. Mark Wehi. Excellent signing. Joachim Anderson, excellent signing. Will Hughes in from Watford, six million. He's still got good years ahead of him. He's got a lot of experience. He's very, very good in the ball. 26 years of age. He's had some injury issues, but he's got a lot of experience, and that's important. Three years in the Premier League with Watford. He also spent a year in the Championship with them and six years in the Championship With Derby, he's been playing a long time, 305 senior appearances at club level. He will add leadership, he will add dictation, he will add defensive nous to that midfield. He's a very good player. Six million is a good price for him if they can keep him fit. But I like that addition. I love the addition of Conor Gallagher on loan. He's already started really well for them, got two goals the weekend. I really like what they've done. And it looks like Odson Edouard from Celtic, is about to arrive as the new number nine. That's something they have needed. You put him and Zaha up front, Olise on the wing, Ezzy on the other wing when those two are back, and that's going to be a very, very fun front line. Gallagher and Hughes in midfield, Gallagher and Milojojevic in midfield, they're going to have options there. I like what Palace have done. I'm still not sure on the manager. But I think this is a huge step forward for Crystal Palace with these signings. Would have liked to see them add a right back. Nathan Ferguson ruled out for the season with a torn Achilles. Not a big fan of Joel Ward. I do like young Tariq Mitchell, but maybe a backup left back would have helped as well. But a starting right back would be big for them. Maybe they can still pull a deal off. There's been rumours of Ola Aina. There's been rumours of Jed Spence. If they could get one of those two, I think they'd have a very strong starting eleven. And again, it will just come down to the manager and whether he's actually going to be good enough across the course of a season for them. Everton, disappointing summer, I think everybody would agree. They've brought in Andros Townsend, Asmir Begovic and Andy Lonergan, and that's it. 
There was rumours they were going to bring in Luis Diaz from Porto. That deal seems to have fallen apart. They're still stuck with James Rodriguez. Moise Keane is gone, so they've no longer got any depth up front behind Dominic Calvert-Lewin. There's been some talk in the last couple of days that they could have gone for Eduard. They haven't. It, it may well be that Solomon Rondon is the next arrival for them. And look, they threw good money after bad behind Martinez, behind um, Koeman, behind Big Sam, behind Silva and behind Carlo Ancelotti. They get Rafa in and they're going to give him 1.7 million to spend on a summer. It's just really, really poor. Really, really poor from Everton. Um, not really sure what to make of it. As for what they need, they still need a right back. I think Mason Holgate's the best current option there. Holgate at right back, Godfrey and Mina in the middle, Dini at left back. I think it's the best they can do as for now. They could probably do it one more body in midfield. And they needed they needed another wide player and a backup striker. Everton have left themselves very short. For today, get a striker in, even if it's Rondon, someone that can give Calvert Loon a bit of a break. Try and find a right back. Try and find an attacking right back or someone who'll play down the right hand side of midfield. They've been linked with Patterson from Rangers and they tried to sign Maitland Niles. It's clear they do want a right back in, but they're running out of time. Again, the two names I mentioned for Palace Ola Aina, Jed Spence, either of them. Aina would make more sense for them, Spence would make more sense for Palace just in terms of the age profile. But Aina can walk in day one and be your starting right back. He's good going forward. He's great on the ball. He's versatile. Can play both fullback spots and as a centre back. You could use him in holding midfield if you got really stuck. He'd be he'd be a really good signing. Uh, Leeds United. A little bit surprised at how quiet they've been this summer. So Amari Miller brought in young player from Birmingham. He'll be a long term piece. Sean McGurk from Wigan and Lewis Bate from Chelsea, the exact same. They're signings for the future. Jack Harrison, they kept him on a permanent deal. I think that's a good one. I like that signing. Um, he's been an important part of their team for three years now. Junior Firpo brought in from Barcelona, should solve the left-back issue. Good player. Hasn't hit the heights he was expected to hit a couple of years ago, but under Bielsa, I think he can improve again. Uh, Christopher Klassen brought in from Valarenga. Talented player, long-term peace and goal, but they obviously have a young goalkeeper as well. Uh, and Leo Held brought in from Celtic, uh, centre-back, very highly rated. I think he's a good signing for them. 18, again, he'll be a long-term piece. But I like how they're you know, building for the future while also building for now. Dan James looks like it will get confirmed today. It's an overpay at $20 million. Or 24 million. There's been different prices going around. They're overpaying for him, but he is a player they've been chasing for a couple of years. He will suit Bielsa's style far more than Ollie's style. Don't be surprised if Bielsa puts him right back in, in a game and just unleashes him down the wing beside Rafinha. I like the signing, I like the player, I just don't like the price. As for what else they could do with, you'd like to see someone who could be a backup to Bamford, and I still think they're one short in centre midfield. Don't know if they'll do any more today. The James thing might be it. 
But I, I would like to see a backup to Bamford. Rodrigo is that now. They've got a bunch of young strikers, and maybe they can use some of them. That they signed last summer, they signed two or three. Uh, maybe one of them can step up this year. Uh, young Somerville, they brought in, is meant to be part of the midfield group this year, so we'll wait and see. But Sam Greenwood brought from Arsenal, uh, young striker. Joe Gelhard brought from Wigan, young striker. Maybe one of them gets an opportunity to fill in uh, for for Bamford. We'll wait and see. But Somerville could be the answer to that midfield question. Very, very talented player. Brought in from uh, Feyenoord last year. More traditionally a winger. But I think he's got a lot of the traits to play in the Bielsa centre midfield roles ahead of Calvin Phillips. And kind of dovetail with Rafinha. When Rafinha comes inside, he'll go outside. We've seen Rodrigo do this. So maybe that works that way. And finally, Leicester City, who have also had a very, very good transfer window. So Patsandaka in. Bubakari Samare in, Ryan Bertrand on a free, Yannick Vestergaard I'm not overly keen on, but fills the need as a centre-back, and it looks like Adam Ola-Luckman is coming in. Now, Adam Ola-Luckman to play on the right-hand side, it's a good signing, it's not necessarily one that people get very, very excited about, but he had a good year last year with Fulham, he's very, very talented. He's homegrown, they're getting him in on loan with an option to buy, I like Luckman. He's another one I think Palace should have gone for earlier in the summer. Got him in on loan with the option to buy him next summer. I think he would have would have filled the need for them, especially while Ezzy and, and Olise are out. But for for Leicester to get him in, he fits the age profile of the, the first team. He fits the talent profile of the team. He's versatile, can play both wings or through the, through the middle. Another option going forward. I like what Leicester have done other than Vestigard, but Vestigard does fill a need, so that's that. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will run through from Liverpool up to Wolves, what they've done and what they need to do. See you in a minute. Bye-bye. Right, welcome back. So, we are running through the 20 Premier League teams, what they've done, what they might still do, or what they should still do uh, between now and close of business, which is in about eight and a half hours. So, Liverpool, contract extension FC announced the contract extension of Jordan Henderson this morning rather needlessly. Um, Four-year deal, I guess it's three years and an add-on if he's fit enough, if he plays enough games. Which, you know, history tells us he won't be. Um, it's a slap in the face to Liverpool fans to announce it this morning. It's basically an attempt to cover up for the fact that Liverpool have made a dog's dinner of this transfer window. Ibrahim Kanate is a really good signing. Really, really good signing. Brought in young centre-back. Fills the signing they should have made last summer. They should have bought him 12 months ago or somebody else 12 months ago. Going out, Ginny Wijnaldum, Camille Grubera, Liam Miller, Marco Grujic, Teo Wanyi, Harry Wilson and Jordan Shakiri. Only Wijnaldum and Shakiri matter. All the rest of them were out on loan last season and wouldn't have played any part this year. But Wijnaldum leaves a hole in midfield and Shakiri leaves a hole in the attacking depth. 
Liverpool need a starting midfielder to go with Thiago and Fabinho. Someone to play that left-sided midfield role, the more defensive of the two number eight roles. Nobody in the current squad, with the exception of Naby Keita, is suited to that role. Thiago can play there, but it's a bit of a waste of him. Henderson can't play there. He's hopeless. We saw him at the weekend. Absolutely embarrassing performance. Curtis Jones isn't, isn't good enough defensively. Same goes for Harvey Elliott. You could probably use Fabinho there, but then you don't have your number six. Um, Liverpool need a starting midfielder and they need an attacking option. Now, ideally, they'd go and buy a starting attacker because Firmino has declined, Mane has declined. So you've basically got Salah and you've got Jota. You could do with a starting attacker. Um, someone to at least keep Mane on his toes. Doesn't look like they'll do anything, though. They'll probably... I don't know, announce a new sponsor or something later in the day. Tomorrow's podcast, just to warn you, may be an hour of me giving out about Liverpool Football Club. So just to keep you in the loop that I may well spend tomorrow moaning, potentially swearing about Liverpool Football Club. Uh, moving on to a club that have ambition, Manchester City. Brought in Jack Grealish, brought in KK, brought in Matinho, brought in Clivert Aguilar and brought in Dario Samiento. Now, only Grealish matters. He's the only one that will actually play for the first team this year. Sergio Aguero's gone. Eric Garcia is gone. Garcia was the fifth centre-back. They won't miss him too much. Uh, Lucas Nemeche and Ivan Illich gone. And obviously, Jack Harrison permanent deal to Leeds, where he'd been already. They wanted a striker. They didn't get the striker. They... They need a left-back because, obviously, Mendy's probably not ever going to play football again. Um, so, you would say City have left themselves a little bit short here. But they are the reigning league champions. They did already have the best squad in the league. So, all things considered, they're not badly off. I mean, Zinchenko can play left-back. Ake can play left-back. Left-back might be the best place for Nathan Ake at this time. Uh, Canseo can play there Laporte could play there if you were stuck they'll be fine at left back they'll get through without a striker because Sterling can play through the middle Ferran Torres can play through the middle De Bruyne has played there I think Grealish can probably play there Phil Foden has played there Pep will work it out but wouldn't surprise me if they do try and do something today obviously they went big after Kane couldn't get it done they went in for Ronaldo and then either they backed out or he backed out either way they didn't get that one done. Um, I would say another goal-scoring attacker, rather than an out-and-out nine, someone that can play in the rotation the way they played last year uh, would have been a better fit. But a left-back's probably the, the thing to do today if you're going to do something. Manchester United, Tom Heaton in, Jaden Sancho in, Paul McShane in, uh, quota purposes, obviously, and, and to become a coach. Raphael Varane in and Cristiano in confirmed this morning that he has signed a two-year contract with United. Um, they filled one position of need. They got the centre-back they needed. They haven't addressed their midfield, and that's an issue. There's not a defensive midfielder in the world who's got the mobility, the energy, and the capability to partner Paul Pogba with a front four of Bruno, Sancho, Rashford or Greenwood and Cristiano. Nobody can carry that workload. 
Now, if Pogba plays on... So they, they need a defensive midfielder anyway, but there just isn't one who fits that profile. The ideal thing is play Pogba on the left, or the ideal thing is to sell him, but play him on the left, Sancho on the right, Bruno and Cristiano up front. That's maybe what we'll see in a lot of games. Means no Rashford, means no Greenwood, means no Martial, but you know who cares about the long term when you can do a short-term deal? They need two in midfield is the truth of it. Now, Ollie will go with McTominay and Fred, neither of whom are good enough to start for a club with the ambition to win the Premier League. Um, they need two midfielders. Fred, you can get away with in a three. Fred, you'd get away with if you went Bruno holding midfielder Fred. You'd get away with that. If you went McTominay holding midfielder Pogba, you'd probably get away with that as well. But then you'd have to leave Bruno out of the team. I don't think they can play with both Bruno and Fred and Cristiano and Sancho and another attacker. I think it'll have to be Bruno or Fred. But no talks ongoing for a midfielder is the latest word from Old Trafford. Was some rumours this morning. Um, I think it was Laurie Whitehall, which is bizarre. Here we go. I saw something this morning about Edinson Cavani agreeing terms to leave United. But Laurie Whitehall has said, it might not have been, it might not have been Laurie, it could have been someone else, uh, said that United are not planning to entertain offers for Cavani or Martial. So they're both staying. Um, she says, doesn't sound like a midfielder incoming has been unlikely due to other signings. Uh, Saul turned them down Camavinga turned them down Camavinga is off to Real Madrid if you missed that one last night um, was was great banter as Romano tried to claim he was in the know despite the fact that it was all been reported out of France and he was just copying it and not crediting as is the usual Fabrizio way um, on to Newcastle Joe Willock is the only Signing of note, they've brought in three young players, likely for the under-23 team. Joe Willock is the only signing of note. Uh, Matty Longstaff gone on loan to Aberdeen. It's a bit of an odd one as well. But they could do with some players. They could do with a centre-back, and they could do with one in attack. Uh, it looks like Hamza Chowdhury is going to arrive because, you know, you can never have too many defensive midfielders and apparently Matty Longstaff, John Joe Shelby, Isaac Hayden, Jeff Hendrick, Miguel Almiron and Joe Willock. Sorry, Sean Longstaff is who I should have said. Uh, apparently all of those midfielders and Elliot Anderson, uh, not quite enough for Steve Bruce. Seven midfielders. He generally plays in midfield too, with Almiron then in a more attacking role. Um, don't really know what to make of Newcastle. Don't really know what to make of them at all. I do like the signing of Willock. He did really well there last year. I think Arsenal were foolish to let him go. But the needs for today should have been a centre-back and someone in attack. The needs for the summer should have been a centre-back and someone in attack. And they haven't addressed them. Norwich City, having one of my favourite windows, I have to say. I think they've done brilliantly. Milot Rashika in from Werder Bremen. Really good player. Really, really good player. If he finds consistency, he will be excellent. Angus Gunn, I like the signing. 
his dad is a legend there. He was born in the city. He grew up there. He was in their academy before he went to City. He's done really well, well there on loan before. He's a far better goalkeeper than what we saw at Southampton. I think long-term, he's their number one. I think he'll be really, really good for them. Flynn Clark from Peterborough, very talented young player. Good addition. Kenny Coker from Southend. Uh, Jean Oulis, who they had on loan last season, brought in permanently from PAOK. Ben Gibson, who they had on loan last season from Burnley, brought in permanently. Dylan Berry's a young goalkeeper brought in from Northampton. Pierre Lees Malou brought in from Nice. He's been neat and tidy in midfield. He'd actually be the perfect Burnley midfielder. Funnily enough, he he would fit that Burnley midfield, but he fits Norwich well as well. Uh, Liam Gibbs, another good midfield player brought in from rivals Ipswich. Surprised to see a young player, 18, making that move. Uh, but he's a good one for the long term. Josh Sargent's brought in. He's a good, alter- good I suppose, successor, maybe to Timo Pukki. Christos Cholas is a big money signing from PAOK. Young Greek winger has already impressed on his debut in the League Cup. Billy Gilmore on loan, love that. Brandon Williams on loan, love that. Matthias Norman on loan, I like that one. And Ozan Kabak on loan from Schalke with an option to buy for 15 million. 15 million euro, great signing. Fills the need at centre-back. They needed a centre-back, they needed a holding midfielder. They got Norman in, they got Kabak in. That's excellent, addressing the positions of need. Stuart Webber has had an absolute blinder this summer. The only thing I would say they're short on is maybe a different type of option up front. A poacher like Enketia, or someone that can work in the channels with a bit of speed, like a Reese Nelson, either of them on loan would have been excellent. Now, Nelson is on his way to Feyenoord on loan. But if they could get someone like an Enketia on loan, or an Adamola Luckman would have fit either. The other one they could consider as a poacher is Josh Madgen. Now, he's on loan at Fulham last year. Very, very talented. Homegrown. Came through the Sunderland Academy. I think Josh Madger would make sense for them. I I think he'll be available. And I think he hasn't got the best goal-scoring record at Bordeaux. And he only got three last season for Fulham. I know all this. But his natural game is to be a poacher in the box. Last season, he wasn't allowed to be that under Scott Parker, who was just oblivious to everything going on. I think someone like Madger would make sense for them if they could get him on loan with an option to buy, no risk. I think that kind of move would make sense for them. Josh Madger would make sense for Norwich. Uh, Southampton, Theo Walcott in, Roman Perot in, Oli Lancashire in, Tino Livermento in, Adam Armstrong in, Thierry Small in from Arsenal. I'm really surprised, or from Everton rather, I'm really surprised Everton let him go. Maybe they didn't have a choice in the matter. Maybe his contract was up, I don't know. But it, it's a he's a really talented young left-back. They've addressed their needs at both full-back spots. They've brought in Lianco at centre-back. He addresses the need created by Vestergaard leaving. So now you've got Bednarak, Salisu, Stevens, and Lianco. It's a, it's a good core of centre-backs. Broya, the striker brought in from um, Chelsea, gives them another option up front. 
Obviously, they lost Danny Ings, replaced him with, with Armstrong. So you've got Armstrong and Che Adams. You've got Broya. You've got Walcott can play up front. Redmond can play up front. Uh, I believe they still own Shane Long. Uh, I think they'll always own Shane Long. Um, yeah, they've got Obafemi. So they should be fine in that regard. What I do think they could do it is one in between the lines. So they play that box midfield, 4-2-2-2. Armstrong's good. Stuart Armstrong. Gineppo's good. I'm not a big fan of Walcott. I'm not a big fan of Redmond in those roles. I think they're better off in the more advanced roles. Nathan Tell is good, but he's young. If Elianassi is going to get chances, that solves that problem for them, which leaves only one real big need in the squad, one more body in midfield, because you've only got three centre midfielders that are senior centre midfielders. You've got Ariel Romeo, James Ward-Prowse, and Diallo, Ibrahima Diallo. Now, you do have Will Smallbone, but he is frequently injured. He's got a torn cruciate ligament. We don't know when he's going to be back. I do think one more body in midfield would be hugely beneficial to Southampton this year. Who that would be, I don't really know. I think they could have kept Lamina. I think that would have made made sense for them. Um, I note that they sold uh, Alex Jankovic, who is the fellow that got sent off against United after about six seconds last year. It's strange to just get rid of him when you're so short in midfield. Now, maybe he wanted out, I don't know, but strange to get rid of him when you're so short in midfield. They need one more body in midfield. If they're going to do anything today, that should be it. Get somebody in the midfield. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, they've brought in Brian Hill. They've brought in Pape Matar Sar. He, I think, is going to spend a couple of years out on loan. They've brought in Pierluigi Gallini and Christian Romero, both on loans, one with an obligation to buy, that being Romero. It looks like Emerson Real is about to arrive as well, so he will be their new right-back. So you'd expect that Aurier finds his way out of the club today. I think they're still short of centre-back. I really do. I think they're short of centre-back. There's been some talk of Ruben Neves this morning. Um, maybe that's true. I don't know. Neves and Heusberg would be a little bit flawed, in my opinion. A little bit flawed. Both excellent players, but both a little bit slow. Not hugely mobile in terms of speed. Really good players. Very intelligent players, but I just think there's too much overlap there with the pair of them. Backup striker and a centre-back are what they need. Those are the two positions of need for them. Backup striker and a centre-back. Don't know if they'll get either done, but they still seem to be active. They still seem to be aggressive, so fair play. Uh, for Watford, Quadro Ba, Matty Pollock, both young players will take them time to develop into first-team caliber players. Imran Loza, Emmanuel Dennis, Ashley Fletcher, Josh King, Danny Rose, Dapo Mabude, Musa Sissoko, and Yurish Kuka. They've brought in quite a lot of players. 
I would say they need a centre-back. Wouldn't be overly keen on the goalkeepers. I used to like Ben Foster, but he's just it, it's more an age thing than anything else. I'm not a big fan of, of Backman. I, I do think a uh, centre-back, though, is probably the biggest need. You're starting Craig Cathcart and people like that, and I just I look at the defense and I do have doubts. I'm not a huge fan of Truce de Kong. He's he's decent, but I just wouldn't be a massive fan. And Christian Cabaselli for me is just not a Premier League caliber player. I think that's been proven over and over again. So for me, a centre back would be a big addition. But all things considered, they've they've strengthened their squad in a lot of ways. I think Sissoko will be better for them than he was for Spurs. Less expectation, bigger role in the team. It'll play more to his ego. I think he'll be fine. Um, on to West Ham then. Craig Dawson in, permanent deal, having been on loan last season. Kurt Zuma on a permanent deal. A little bit of an overpay at £30 million. He's still... A, it's, it's strange. Kurt Zuma, I think, is 27. He's 26. He'll be 27 in October. And he's still quite raw at some aspects of his defending. I'll be interested to see the partnership between him and Ogbonna. Ogbonna's got that experience. He's got leadership. He's a good talker. Maybe that will help Zuma. I think they will look at Zuma and Diop as a pairing over the course of the year as well. And that could be a very aggressive, very dominant, very powerful pairing. So we'll wait and see. They've also brought in Nikola Vlasic, who I think is a great signing. Really, really good player. Another one that Everton foolishly messed up. And Alphonse Ariola will establish himself as first choice. He'll he'll get the jersey from Fabianski. And I think he'll run with him. I think they'll keep him. I think they need a left back. They've been linked with Tagliafico. There's been rumours that they've agreed a fee. I don't know how true it is. They get him in. That's a great signing. That's a huge upgrade at left back. He is very, very good. But the other thing they desperately need. The other two things they desperately need. A backup to Antonio. Please, lads, just take Divock Origi on loan. And they need a central midfielder. You cannot just go into the season with Suchek Rice and a 34-year-old Mark Noble as your backup. You just can't. They've got to find a central midfielder to bring into that group. And they've got to find it today. Finally then, Wolverhampton Wanderers. So they've brought in Muscara. Rene Nuri, I really like the signing of him. I thought he was good on loan last season. He's a huge talent at left back. Jose Sa is a massive downgrade in goal. Bandiguez Bola is the right back they brought in and loaned out to Grasshoppers. Someone in Switzerland, anyway. And they brought in Trinkiao and Wang Hee Chan on loan. Both good signings. Both important players to bring in. We'll give them new options up front. I think Wang. And Jimenez, as a pair, should work really well. Um, if Trinkau plays off the right and Adama off the left or vice versa, you'll also get Neto back in a few months. They're going to be good going forward. They've looked good going forward. The, the issue has been they can't put the ball in the net. The other issue is they're not good enough at centre-back. Plain and simple. Muscara might be very, very good in a year. He's just not ready yet. and He's also been injured. But we know Cody's not good enough to play in a two. He's not particularly good in a three either. Willie Bolly's not very good. Roman Sice, the midfielder who's been converted, he, he always looks at a place. Max Kilman I like, but I'd like him as my third centre-back in a, in a two or my fourth in a three, not as a starter. 
They were linked with Coletta Carr. They were linked with Botman. It doesn't look like they're going to get either of them in. They were looking for a bit more power in midfield. And what that would allow maybe is then Donker to move to centre-back. You still need one, but then Donker would be a start there. They were looking to bring in someone a bit more dynamic in midfield. Renato Sanchez appeared to be done last night on loan with an option to buy. But now it appears that deal is off. So again, it's a wait-and-see issue. I think Renato will be a very good addition, especially if they were keeping Neves. If they were losing Neves, I'd be concerned about it because Renato's going to be out for about a month, having had knee surgery a couple of weeks ago. But for them, they just need to go and sort centre-back today. Sort somebody at centre-back today. Even if you have to slightly overpay, you have to bring in a centre-back. Other bits of news, uh, Moise Keane obviously has gone on loan to Juventus, two-year loan with an obligation to buy. Um, Hector Bellerin is set to leave Arsenal. He is going on loan to Real Betis by the looks of things. I like that for him. Um, I wouldn't be a big Hector Bellerin fan, but I do like him going to Real Betis, getting his move away. Um, I think he had wanted to go to Barcelona, but they just don't have any money, so they couldn't afford to buy anybody. Um, and that seems to be it for now. That seems to be it for now. Let's just have a quick run through the usual suspects in terms of journalists who might have some news. So we'll start with David Ornstein. Uh, Tamiyasu is currently undergoing his medical ahead of a proposed £16 million move to Arsenal. Four-year contract. Really, really good. Uh, Alex Runner... Sorry. Runner Alex Runnerson is leaving Arsenal on loan. That's more good news for Arsenal. So there's two bits of good news today. Uh, there's no option to buy on that Hector Bellerin deal. And... Arsenal will sell Maitland-Niles if they get an offer for him. If Palace could somehow find the money, play him right back. If they could find the money, if they could even do a loan with an obligation to buy, he'd be he'd be a good fit at right back for Palace. Who else needs a right back? Liverpool could do it a backup right back, but I don't think he'd move to be such a thing. Um, you could argue Newcastle could do with someone like him, especially if they're going to play with wing-backs. Everton, obviously, is another one, but they've already had a bit turned down from. Uh, Sado Berahino is on the verge of returning to English football with an unnamed club. Oh, dear. Uh, hopefully, his attitude has improved drastically since the last time he was in England. Um, Adama Traore is not expected to leave Wolves today. would take a massive offer of around 50 million to get him. The Renato Sanchez loan currently deadlocked over club to club teams, club to club terms, I should say. Um, okay, so that's all from Mr. Ornstein, who is obviously still the number one go to for transfer news. What about Mike McGrath, another excellent reporter? He's with The Telegraph. If you don't follow him well, worth doing. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Has wearing number seven has been discussed. Manchester United asking for Cristiano Ronaldo 
to be given permission to wear the number seven shirt. So they're going to ask for special dispensation, something that's never been granted. And Cavani would take 21 um, because Dan James is going. So Cavani would take that. Cavani wears that number for Uruguay. Um, interesting. Interesting. That moron from Sky, Keva, or Cave, I don't know how to say his name. It's not, it's not worth knowing how to say his name. He is, he is a Romano level spoofer. Absolutely no insight at all. Uh, he says it's time for teams to go back to wearing one to 11. Genius. Absolute genius. Uh, we'll check in with John Percy. See what he has to say. John Percy's always good for anything to do with the Midlands. Uh, the last thing he has is Crystal Palace have agreed a fee of around 15 million for Odson Edward and Leicester City are continuing talks over a loan deal for Adamola Luckman. What are you saying, Mr. Matt Law? Matt Law says, I, I'd be extremely shocked if Chelsea agreed to play the, to pay the release clause of Jules Cundy at this stage. They want him, but not at any price. Um, yeah. There's not a whole lot else. I think we've covered pretty much everything. There's some people paying lip service to Willian as he leaves English football. Uh, we've got a quote here from Monchi. The only offer from Chelsea for Jules Kunde was last Wednesday for an amount we don't we didn't like. It was not enough for us. We responded with a counter offer, which had a deadline of Friday, to allow us to be able to sign a replacement. They did not respond to the counter offer before Friday. Kunde's clause never went up to 90 million euros. It has always been 80 million. Uh, as I said, they wanted the the buyout from the very beginning. They weren't going to take any less than that. Um, Chelsea believed they had a verbal agreement on the asking price only for Sevilla. Sounds like Chelsea are making excuses, to be honest. Did enjoy, must say, did enjoy Chelsea fans reporting the Sevilla Twitter account so much that they were unverified, which, you know, if you're going to be petty, that's a good way to go about it. Uh, we'll run through the latest transfers then. What's done? Connor Roberts done, Cucurella done, Cristiano done, Vlasic done, Moise Keane done. Um, that's pretty much it for today. Right, let's run through the gossip and get done with this show for today. Real Madrid have withdrawn from negotiations for Kylian Mbappe. Because the clubs cannot agree a free. It's not negotiations if you're sending in offers and the other club are ignoring them um, or telling you where to go. However, the Spanish club are set to beat PSG in the race to sign Eduardo Camavinga. I think that's a great signing for Real, I have to say. I'm not sure it's the greatest move for him. Young players don't generally do what they're expected to do there, but it's a great signing for them. Barcelona will try to sign Hector Bellerin. No, they won't. Uh, Manchester City are not expecting any further incomings or outgoings before the transfer window closes after tying down Ederson to a new contract. Bernardo Silva was the subject of an offer from AC Milan, but was not interested in the move. 
West Ham have reached a verbal agreement with Ajax to sign left-back Nicolas Tagliafico, although completing the deal will be complicated because he's currently on duty with Argentina. I think they're in Venezuela or somewhere, so that one could be a little bit tricky. However, the Hammers... Okay, so the Athletic are reporting that the Hammers are unlikely to pursue a deal for Tagliafico. Chelsea have told Jules Kunde's agent they will make one last attempt to sign the 22-year-old. They just need to pay the buyout. It's very, very clear. Uh, Leicester City have, an ex- have expressed an interest in Callum Hudson-Odoi. He, he does need to get away from Chelsea. He needs to go somewhere and play. He's far too talented to continually sit on the bench. Juventus have opted not to pursue a deal from Miralem Pjanic. Instead, signing Mohamed Ihatarin from PSV Eindhoven. He's super gifted. He's going straight out on loan, though, to Sampdoria. So that doesn't make sense as an instead of when it comes to Pjanic, who you would be bringing in to sign immediate, or to play immediately. Uh, Adama Traore has recruited agent George Mendes to help him secure a move to Tottenham. It's from Football Insider, so it's likely garbage. We'll just throw that in the bin. Brentford have made a £13 million bid for Gremio's fullback, Vanderson, who has also attracted interest from AC Milan this summer. He is a right-back. That would fill a position of need for them. He's quite highly rated. 20 years old, plays for Gremio. Looks like he's had one full season in the team. But looks like he played regularly, got three goals as well. Look, if you can sign the player you need, sign the player you need. Um, Wolves submitted an £8.5 million bid for Dujaclet Dakar, but the but Marseille won £12.9 million, which is about €15 million. Euros. So it looks like they bid 10 Marseille won 15. Um, pay it. Pay it and buy him. Get that deal done. Chelsea midfielder Tino Angerin is close to signing for Lokomotiv Moscow on loan in a deal that includes a 17 million option to buy. Really? That's a bizarre move for a young English player at 19 to make, uh, especially when, when his club are short in midfield. It's odd to me that Chelsea would be willing to let him go. Now, obviously, they will include a buyback if there's an option to buy, but that just seems like an odd one. He's very, very talented, very highly rated. Yeah, anyway. Right, that's us for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to Guy Drinkle. Hopefully, your club signs more than my club this summer, uh, and I'll see you tomorrow to scream and shout. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.